Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. <laughs> hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to In a Mississippi Minute. My guest today was a real live hurricane when he stood in the pocket. He lit up defenses like few ever have. At six foot five, what a career he had. And he was a two-time, not one, two-time finalist for the coveted Heisman Trophy. He played a number of years in the NFL until retiring in 2010, then served as the Carolina Panthers quarterback coach from 2013 to 17. Now has made the move back to where he made the legend famous. Back to Florida, but this time Florida International University to be the assistant athletic director. Please welcome good dear friend of mine, Ken Dorsey. Hello, Ken. Steve, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks. Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, usually, I usually fumble a little bit <laughs> along the way. <laughs> no, no, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, I, I feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. Let's, let's start there. Let's start your your most previous deal in the NFL, and we'll work backwards. We'll jump all around uh, a Mississippi minute, sixty of them. So we're all good. Tell me what working with Cam Newton because that basically was your role, right? I know you had the backup quarterbacks, but Cam seemed to stay pretty healthy. And and mm-hmm. and working with him, what was your day to day job with the Panthers the last four years? Well, the last four, you know, working well, uh, five, five, I think actually uh, working with the quarterbacks. Um, you know, it was. It was great. I had a I had a great room. I had a you know uh, Cam and Derek Anderson were my top two guys, and we had Joe Webb for a long time, and then Garrett Gilbert from SMU came in uh, came in last year. Right. And um, you know it, it it was a great room, and uh, um, I was very fortunate because they were a hardworking group. So you know from from day to day, just starting you know uh, you know in the off season, we we did a lot of. Uh, evaluation a lot of you know checking out how we were doing things the past year um what can we improve on from a fundamental standpoint from a decision making standpoint and then uh and really try to try to lay the foundation for the next season um you know in the off season and 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 really kind of have have make big strides from improvement in that aspect because then when you get to the season it's a lot more x and o's you focus on your technique and you you know you do those things but you get so caught up in the game planning of the team you're playing against you know it's hard to really kind of uh um you know focus on those those other things of of development um you know so 
uh, we really try to hit that big in the off season, and then during the season, you know, it's really a uh, a week in, week out. You know, who you're playing, really try to lock in on those guys, what they do tendency wise, and what they do, um, you know, on defense, and and uh, and then of course, you know, just focusing on the, all those little things to make sure we're on top of, you know, how we're throwing the football fundamentally, and and, and we're doing the right things fundamentally. What do you work on with somebody so athletic? If, if if he goes down and you got somebody coming in, it's not just some crazy shock to the rest of the team. Yeah. Well, we we did a nice job in terms of having you know a playbook that that you know we only had one cam obviously you know, and then our backup Derek Anderson was the complete kind of polar opposite of him. He's a true kind of you know uh, a pocket passer type guy, similar arm strength as Cam. Obviously, you know Cam's got exceptional arm strength, and and Derek had very good arm strength, so. Um, you know, we could we can do a lot of the same things from a passing game standpoint with DA as we did for Cam. Uh, you know, you just kind of take out some of those cue runs and uh, um, zone read stuff and and things like that. Um, in terms of working with Cam, you know, we we focused a lot. You know, a lot of the drill work we did was pocket pocket work. So you know, we we focused on a lot of in terms of our base, in terms of being you know solid with our base and our our foundation, the lower body. Um, that is extremely important, in my opinion, in quarterback play. Having a really strong lower body, having a great base to kind of kind of throw from. Mm-hmm. I, I equate the building a house. You build it on a weak foundation, um, right. you know, a weak lower half. The house is going to crumble. So you know, you got to build up that lower half. You got to build up that foundation, and if it's strong. You know your house will stay strong, and, and I, I equate that to very similar uh, as quarterback play. Um, so we did a lot of a lot of pocket work because you know in, in the NFL in college, you know or wherever you're at, um, you know very there's there's very few times you can just sit in the pocket and just you know have a clean pocket like you're throwing seven on seven. You got to slide adjust. You got to move in the pocket. You know, without you know panicking and breaking out and getting out of the pocket, you just got to be able to slide, feel that soft spot in the pocket. So you got to rep that. You got to rep it over and over. As quarterback, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to ask you that. No, so no. I want to understand what that's like when you know when you're playing YMCA and then you make it to junior high and then you go to high school mm-hmm. and you've, there's always one right or two or whatever mm-hmm. that you know sort of cause habit. But then you get to college and man, there's some talent. But then when you get to the pros, everybody's very very good, very fast, very strong very physical and obviously that you've got better guys protecting you when that pocket and you you're talking about sliding and sliding and all that, mm-hmm. is that just something that over time you learn to feel but with all the speed and the power i mean how do you i mean how do you sort of train yourself to trust yourself to trust where you move because it just seems really difficult with when when it's a lot of talent on the field well, and you're exactly right. It's it's repetition of and feel. Um, a lot of times, there's I mean, there's countless examples of, you know, guys they take a drop and and that you know left tackle as a speed rusher and that guy's you know he's kind of got his edge and he's kind of uh, run that hump and he's kind of bearing down the quarterback, but then he just steps up in the pocket and it's like there's no way you saw him. You know, it's just a, a feel that you kind of end up getting of, of those bodies around you. And the best ones, I, I really feel like, have it. You watch the, you know, you watch those guys throughout the NFL, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady, the Cams, the, uh, the Matt Ryan. You know, all these guys, they just have that, that, that feel of where those soft spots in the pockets are. And I think a lot of that is through 
Um, you know, you can't replace game experience. And you can't replace experience of guys, you know, getting reps with guys around you, right. you know, and practice and stuff like that. So you kind of develop that feel with, you know, just practicing and, and, and playing in games and, and, and all that. Um, and I really think that's it's not something, you know, you, you work on it, you work on it, you work on it. But, you know, at the end of the day, too, there's a little bit of an instinctual value right there. Of, of guys just having that ability and having that feel. And I, I do think the repetition of working on it, though, helps, you know, because that's a main foundation of what, uh, what you drill a lot of times is the pocket work because 90% of your offense is going to be operated out of that pocket, so you better be good in there. Right. So Okay, so we're talking to Ken Dorsey, two-time Heisman Trophy winner finalist. We're going to talk about the pain of that. I know what that feels like to finish second on the charts. And not quite get there, and it's not a good feeling. And there, like I've told uh, uh, other uh, guests of mine, that there is no party. You build up, you build up, and you go, uh, uh, oh, okay, I'm going home, I'm going to sleep, while somebody else takes the trophy and all that. So I know there's a lot of work put into that. Uh, you're talking about feel. You're talking about your ground base. Any sport, baseball, uh, golf. Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching, a, you know, some of these young guys in golf, and you know, and even Tiger and Mickelson and all these guys are still doing it. But they they talk about how they use the ground and their their lower body a, a up. Like you, you know, everything mm-hmm. starts from there. So, do you feel like all sports uh, exp- are are sort of built in that foundation? I think the vast majority of them, and you get to them in different ways. You know, you really do. You get to them in different ways. You know. Yeah, you do use your, you know, you use your upper body, but we're so much stronger uh, uh, from, you know, from the waist down. Just, you know, the way way we're built. You know, you can always, you can generally, most people can 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 leg press or squat more than they can bench. You know, right. um, you know, and and things like that. So you're just more powerful and you're more explosive. You know, uh, as athletes. So you watch all these sports. You watch, um, you know, you watch soccer. You watch. Uh, uh, you watch uh, golf, you watch tennis, and, 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 you know, all these different sports, football, of course, and baseball, you know, the explosiveness from the lower body of when, you know, you're, you're hitting the ball or you're, uh, you know, you're changing direction or anything like that, right. and the way all those muscles just fire in an instant, you know, and the explosiveness in which, you know, these things happen, um, yeah, you know, I think that's where most of, you know, home run hitters and things like that in baseball I mean, you look at those guys, and they're built like tree trunks. I mean, they've, right. got a, they've got a thick lower body, and you watch that, you know, that torque and that drive off that back leg and the explosiveness in which they pop their hips through, very similar to quarterback play, you know, and that explosiveness of popping your back hip through to throw the ball. You know, tennis. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I used to be a tennis player, and, Ken. So yeah, they used yeah. to have a Celine side. So everything was we'd take it, we'd eye it, we'd watch contact point, and we were sideways. And then now they open their bodies wide open to the shot, and like they're slinging their, like you said, from their feet up. You know, tr- trying right. to. Now listen, I did read something recently before we go to break, and I let people know that I do read in the middle of the night sometimes. I'll learn things. <laughs> um, I read that as we get older, especially in our sixties, seventies, we start losing a lot of nerve endings uh, the feelings in our legs and that's why people mm-hmm. when they fall and they you know as they get older so you got to really keep working on that base right uh, keep it in yeah. shape so as you grow older you can sort of control uh your balance and and things like that and keep from falling there it is uh i am dr azar we're with the great ken dorsey you're in a mississippi minute we'll be right back Ready 
Head-to-head, weekday afternoons at 3 on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We're all alone in the river and I don't know whether I'm singing or swimming with you. I'm Steve Azar. We are with Ken Dorsey, two-time Heisman Trophy finalist, uh, won multiple college awards. Let's go back to before the Miami Hurricanes. You're six foot five. When did you get to six foot five, Ken? Uh, probably sometime when I got to school. I think when I was in high school, I was a uh, you know high six three, a low six four or so. Then I just kept growing. Yeah, and then I probably topped out in high school, but I was always kind of. Or, I mean, in college, but I was always kind of the skinnier, kind of lanky type kid. You know, I just, uh, um, in college, I probably came in at 160, and then uh, my, my senior year, I probably played about 185 or so uh, at my max. So, you know, I just always was a, a skinnier, longer, lankier kid, but just a, a, an incredibly athletic human being. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love, I want to go back into other sports and talk about that because you were, and you are, but. But back in that time, so why not hoops? You had to be a hooper, right? You had to be a basketball I, yeah. player. Oh, yeah. No, I, I loved playing basketball. And, you know, I just uh, I played all growing up. I, I played basketball far longer than I played football. And I played in high school, and I love I, lo- I still play. I love playing to this day. Um, you know, but when you don't get recruited for basketball and you get recruited for football, you know, to, to, to pay for your school and you get a scholarship for football and not for basketball, you tend to play football instead. <laughs> okay, so tell me about football in high school. Tell me about, okay, first of all, where did you, you grow up? And uh, I'll always, always get that wrong, so all my friends, you know, because it's not like I'm going to Wikipedia. I, you, I know you guys after the fact. So before I guess where you grew up and, and screw that up, where, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in California, so uh, okay. I grew up in Northern California, right next to you know uh, suburbs San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, up in that area, the Bay Area. So I, I grew up there, and uh, you know I had, I was very fortunate. I had great you know obviously great parents for one, a brother who kind of pushed me, and were ultra competitive, and probably drove each other crazy until we we finally grew out of it. Uh, but we probably still haven't grown out of it. We <laughs> so we still competed everything, but. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, um, I grew up there and, uh, made my way out to, to Florida just kind of out of a little bit of luck and of recruiting and things like that. So you came after Gino Toretta and Gino's been a I guest did. on our show. So were you guys in the same, uh, league? Were you in the same, you had obviously in the same part of California, right? Yeah, we were in the same part of California, never in the, the same, uh, uh, he, he was a little bit, uh, um, probably 30, 45 minutes away from me. We never were in the same division or conference or anything like that. So my school never played his school. He was a little, a hair older than I am. Not much, not much. I won't, you know, Gino's still a young buck, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> just a hair older than me. So we missed each other in high school a little bit there too. So what was the direct line from the Hurricanes Miami to, to Northern California? How, who was, was there some, was there a particular coach that had spent some time there? Uh, who, who was it that was your biggest, uh, your recruiter, you know, somebody that mm-hmm. you decided I want to go play for him? kind of was one of those just luck things a little bit too you know I, I i had a really good junior year and uh you know so they sent out uh you know you get those flyers of hey thought your inf- information send me a tape 
you know, all that stuff. So, you know, I sent that out to them. They liked what they saw. They started recruiting me. Rob Chizinski, um, you know, who was the tight ends coach at the time, who later became the office coordinator and then went on to, uh, you know, be a, a longtime coordinator in the NFL uh, with the, uh, the Browns, with the Colts. He's, you know, was a head coach in the NFL with the Browns. Um, you know, so he's, he's obviously a great coach. He came out there to visit me. Coach Davis actually did come out to, to see me when he was the, you know, head coach of Miami and, uh, now here, you know, FIU, the, the head coach. And, um, you know, he came out and, uh, he actually never saw me play, uh, uh, football. He came come out on. to a basketball game. Yeah. He came out to a basketball game. Well, that shows playing. a lot though. Cause he shows hands, yeah. shows footwork. It, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I think no, that you can find a lot out about a play. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm interrupting you. But uh, uh, so, so explain that. So you you no. you never play. You never show your football skills for coach for Butch Davis. No, I mean he saw it on tape. But then you know he came out to uh, you know he came out to a basketball. He loves telling the story of you know he kind of sees my team you know over here and you know he sees the other team over there that's a little bit you know more more athletic looking. They're a little bit you know taller, a little bit bigger, and he's like, oh my gosh, they're gonna get killed <laughs> and uh and we go on and and we you know we end up having a good game and win the game um you know and i played a little bit of everything the one through really one through five at, at different points in my high school career um you know so you know so that's that's fun and and it's i think it's just great you know i love you know kids and and you know athletes and high school kids and young kids who play all these different sports i just think it's great you know cross training for them I think it's uh, you know uh, one of the best things a kid can do because if you play football, uh, let's say, and and uh, and basketball, basketball is going to help football. Football is going to help basketball. Totally agree. Play football, and you know if you're a, a offensive lineman who wrestles, shoot, the the wrestling is going to help the 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 football. The football is going to help the wrestling. Uh, same thing with baseball. All these sports, and and same thing with uh, uh, girls' athletics. I just think. You know, the more sports you can play from a young age and as many as you can play growing up and, and things like that was still getting better at, at the one you really want to focus on. I mean, the better off you're going to be. Well, you're not going to burn out probably. And also, you're going to give your body, with different sports, you give them a break. If you do one mm-hmm. thing all year, you're just pounding those same the same parts of your body and it just it can't hold up usually. So uh, it's interesting that, that you're talking about that. So you get to college and you go to Miami. Was it a culture shock for you at all in, in the South Beach area compared to where you grew up? Or was it, you know, you sort of fit in pretty quick? And, and how fast did you fit into the system? Well, you know, it, it definitely was different. I mean, going from, you know, uh, uh, California down here to Miami and, and uh, just the different atmosphere and everything like that. But I, I really got really grew to love it, really enjoyed it. Um, the people down here, you know, fantastic. Uh, um, you know, I just really, really became a, a, a second home to me. Um, you know, and a lot of that, too, is just with the with football. And, uh, you know, if you don't play football, if you do other things, I mean, are there activities that are just different groups you can get into just to acclimate yourself and, and be around people and be social and, and do different things that are, you know, constructive and not, you know, not necessarily crazy or anything like that. You know, not everybody's going to play football or not everybody's going to play basketball or anything like that. But if there's other things that you can do with on, on campus and, and with the student body and, 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 you know, create those relationships and uh, create a network of, uh, of people that, you know, you really kind of rely on, you know, throughout your entire life, that's, that's a huge, you know, a huge thing. So, when I got in, you know, just uh, uh, football was consuming for me, you know, just, I, I, you know, training and, and practicing and, 
and all the different things you do that, that take up hours in your day. But then also, you know, the school side of, you know, some of my closest friends to this day were, were, are people that, that didn't play football as well. You know, so I've got right. great friends from, from my time of football, great friends who didn't play football. Um, you know, and, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's something that uh, I'm very fortunate about because I, I was just able to kind of get in the swing of things real fast and, and just coming so far from far away from home, it felt so comfortable because, uh, you know, I just kind of hopped right into football and just started, you know, doing everything I could to earn that job. Did you, did you always want to play football? Did you always know, look, I want to be a college and pro football player? No, I wouldn't say that. I, you know, I, I, I really, again, I grew up uh, loving basketball. Um, I really enjoyed basketball, and I, I always thought myself to be a basketball player, uh, kind of growing up and everything like that. I never really, um, you know, especially, uh, you know, probably until my junior year when I had a really good year and a really good team around me. You know, I was I played freshman football. I played JV football. I wasn't the guy who, you know started on on the football team as a as a sophomore as a freshman so it's like you know i worked my way up there so you know i never never anticipated being you know a, a recruit coming out and and a scholarship at a school you know and and um you know that was something that just kind of came along through you know working at it and and uh and having some success and and things like that so um, a little bit of luck and a little bit of just, you know, hard work and effort kind of went a long way for me. It's amazing. We're talking to Ken Dorsey. Uh, you are in a Mississippi minute. Ken, before we take a break, you get to play DJ. I know you love music. And uh, and so so Mississippi is the birthplace of American music. Like you guys won uh, national championships for that while. We created all of the every genre of music, I believe. Uh, that has been popular, popular music, was inspired and uh, it came from the roots of our Mississippi origin. So you get to play DJ. I'm going to give you a couple artists that you can choose from. Would you like to hear the North Mississippi All-Stars or Charlie Pride? Uh, Let's go Charlie Pride. I love that. I love that. You threw a little curveball there. I just want you to know that. We're with Ken Dorsey. We're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Stand by. She's everything I ever you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar on Facebook.com Steve Azar Live and listen to all my music, Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men, wherever you download or stream. She's just too good to be true, but she If Alexa's part of your life, you've got one more way to access Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi is now available on Amazon Alexa devices. Once enabled, just say, Alexa, play Super Talk Mississippi at any time and start listening. It's that easy. Just one more way to stay informed and connected with your state. Learn more at supertalk.fm slash Alexa. Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Now available on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are on the downside, coming downhill from all 60 Mississippi Minutes. I'm with two-time runner-up, our finalist. We're going to figure out exactly how close it was. You get you get invited to New York at the Heisman Trophy dinner, and you find out if you win or not. It's got to be a crazy feeling, uh, why, you know, an anticipation 
and obviously something that you'd like to go home with. But we're going to find out right now from our next guest, Ken Dorsey. Ken, uh, we're going to we're going to jump around a little bit. So your junior year, you get your first uh, nod to go to New York for the Heisman Trophy, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, who 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 won the Heisman Trophy that year? Do you remember? That year it was uh, Eric Crouch from Nebraska. Okay, Eric yeah. Crouch from Nebraska. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Let's talk about what it took to get there. Did you start your sophomore year? I did, yes. My last three games of my freshman year I started, and then I became the full-time starter my sophomore year. Who was the starter before that? Who? Kenny Kelly was the the starter before that, and he was also he was a minor league baseball player, so he played professional baseball, made in the uh, you know in the, the uh, big leagues for a little while there, and things like that. So he started uh, he started before me, and then I took over uh, when he left and, and started playing professional baseball full time. So you start late your freshman year. So you're having a blast. You're the guy. You're the man on campus. People are running around. Kids are running around with your jersey number. What's the feeling like in the room? Uh, when you're just waiting in anticipation, was there a favorite? No, I think everybody, you know, thought they had a, a, a good shot at it. Can't remember all the guys. It was me. It was Eric Crouch. I believe uh, Rex Grossman also was that year potentially, or he might have been that year. I think he was that year. Um, uh, a guy named Brad Banks, I believe, from Iowa was there. Uh, but uh, but no one really knew for sure. I I won the Maxwell Award. That's uh, right. A few nights before, and um, you know, so I thought I had a good good chance at it and, and all that. Um, we had a great year as a team. Um, I had a I had a good year individually. Um, you know, and and. Uh, I think I ended up finishing second or third that year. You know, you just never know until they call the name. You just I had no idea. You know, it wasn't it wasn't one of those where anybody was a lock. Wow. It was it was uh, you know, you're just sitting there keeping your fingers crossed and hoping for the best. Well, I mean, you get there, there's it's like being nominated for a Grammy or a CMA or whatever. You know, the the thrill is there. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's not gone yeah. as BB King would have said. I mean, uh the work that it must have taken for you to improve daily and play on the best, arguably one of the best football teams for a number of years. I mean, you guys made a run, right? I mean, we really did. We really kind of, uh, you know, really did go on a great run. And I just was always under the, I always had that feeling that all the individual accolades and all that stuff would come if the team had success. You know, I thought the one quote was always great. Vince Lombardi said, success is only becomes before work in the dictionary. I always kind of took that to heart that, you know, the work and the effort that you put in is going to lead to the success individually, collectively, and the individual success will come from team success. Well, the individual stuff you're talking, you won the Archie Griffin Award twice. You won the NCAA Quarterback of the Year twice. You win the Chick Harley Award twice. First-time All-American. BCS National Championship, I think oh one or two. I can't remember. Uh, when did you yeah. win your national championship? Um, it was the 01, yeah, 0102, yeah, 01 season, uh, 01 season, yep. And we played in the uh, the Rose Bowl that year against against Nebraska. So Eric Crouch won the Heisman, yeah. And we ended up playing him in the uh, in the national championship game, and um, you know played a great game. And we just you know we ended up winning that one uh, uh, pretty easy going right? away, and yeah, and yeah, and it was a uh, just a great experience because that was back home in California for me. 
um, you know, playing in the Rose Bowl and growing up watching that game and all that. You know, I mean, it was it was really cool having all my friends and all my family down for that game. Did you feel like you played with a little bit of chip on your shoulder, a little bit of extra edge, or did you just go in going like, you know, at this point you have great team around you, you guys are playing great. Uh, you know, how was your how were you feeling, your gut feeling when you when you went in? I felt good. You know, I really did. I really felt good about it. And you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not a uh, a guy who's going to kind of go out and and you know do a bunch of things before the game. I'll you know I'll hang out with all my buddies and things like that after the game. They know me pretty well too. So um, you know, I was really kind of focused on the game more so than anything. You're playing in the national championship game. It's the you know once in a lifetime experience and and you know and all that. And um, you know, I just didn't want to let that opportunity go to waste by you know, not being prepared for the game and not, you know, putting everything I had into the game. And, and, you know, I had time after the game to go home and spend all my time with my family, with my friends and and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, for that week or two, whatever it was leading up to the game, being being there at the bowl site, you know, it was all kind of focused on, on what we had to do. We're talking to Ken Dorsey. Ken, that run with the different coaches, right? You go through three coaches, right, that win national championships, or was there more? Around Miami, there's been, I think, four, four head coaches that have won national championships, dating back to Howard Schnellenberger, Jimmy Johnson, Erickson, and then Coach Coker. Now, when I was in school, I first got there my first two years. Butch Davis was the head coach, and he kind of assembled all that talent and uh, and brought a bunch of guys in and and brought the, brought Miami off the sanctions that we were on. You know, we were we were you know NCA sanctions and just kind of built that program back up from from the ground up after kind of you know really kind of having to take the hit of of the different uh, sanctions and things like that. He did a tremendous job just building that thing back up into what it you know potentially could be. And then when he left to go to Cleveland, Larry Coker took over. And that first year, we went, you know, undefeated and won the national championship. So let's lead into where, where, what you're doing now. You're no longer with mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers. You've moved on. Your new chapter in your life, your love of your life, Jordan, and your kids are finishing up back in Carolina, and they're going to make the move to Miami. You're back, you're back home, basically your second home, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's talk about – you as an AD, an assistant AD, right? And are you going to be on the field at all? You're going to be doing some coordinating as well, or not? No, you know, I'm uh, I'm helping out with the coaching staff. Um, you know, and I'm doing some things for them, obviously, with you know game planning and uh, you know evaluation and, and things like that. So I am involved in the coaching side, but then I'm also involved in the athletic department side um, in different areas. But uh, kind of the bulk of it is is uh, fundraising. Um, you know, and, uh, um, and then obviously kind of monitoring some of the, the other sports and, uh, you know, budget stuff and things like that. Um, you know, so um, I'm kind of wearing a couple different hats right now, being able to, to still stay active on the coaching side and still working there, but at the same time really kind of uh, uh, learning the ins and outs of college football, college athletics on the athletic department side. So it's a tremendous feel for me. You know, because I've been in the NFL, I've only coached in the NFL and worked in the NFL, you know, after my playing career. Um, you know, so it's a great deal for me to really kind of learn the ins and outs of college athletics, college football. And you're back full circle with one of your coaches. So it's, yes. right, and yeah. spending time. So how much, how involved, uh, let's talk about the field. Are you going to travel with the team? Are you going to practice every day? Are you going to show up every blue moon? Are you going to work on special projects <laughs> or, you know? 
No, yeah, I'll pretty much be, you know, I'll be around uh, the bulk of the time, you know, uh, uh, with the coaching staff and things like that on game day and, and all that stuff. I'll probably not be, obviously, I won't be down on the field. I'll be more up in the press box and, and things like that, um, you know, just uh, uh, with some of the different rules you got to follow and, and everything like that, um, you know, make sure we're doing things the right way because that's, you know, that's that's very important to coach is, is make sure, you know, he wants all the best people in, in you know, and, and wants to, you know, uh, create a great atmosphere around here. But he also wants to do it in the in the right way. And um, you know, I think that's that's important to us. So we'll be, you know, very kind of uh, conscious of all that. But at the same time, I'll be able to get a lot of work in with the uh, with the coaching staff. Well, I love it when you're when you're not asking for fundraising for yourself. Uh, you know, that can be very difficult. That's why I love having agents and managers and people that can go do that. But I have found uh, it. Not easy, but um, just something that when I believe in something like our foundation and supporting the arts mm-hmm. for kids or our music festival, which helps our economy down here, I'll fight for it. And so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, it's hard for somebody to tell me no because I believe so much in it, and it may, you know, it makes sense. Why, why would you not right. want to do something that's uh, that's important? Right. So you're going to have to go into this whole. Are you? Are you got your? You got your uh, spill ready when you go in, or you just going to let it fly when you're asking yeah, you for? Know, I- for donations, <laughs> I, think, I think you know we just kind of uh, uh, it all depends on the on the person a little bit too. You know, it's uh, you know everybody's going to be a little bit different, but you know I think well, like you said, when you believe in something, and that's that was the whole point of me coming here is one, uh, the the people here. Uh, you know, with Coach Davis, with our athlete director Pete Garcia. You know, when you believe in the people you're working with and you have a great relationship yeah. with the people you're working with, you love coming to work. You love being a part of what you do. I mean, it makes it so much easier. Um, and then, too, you know, just being around the different athletes from all the different sports of football, uh, you know, our, our baseball team, our, our uh, women's softball team, soccer team, men's and women's, and all these different uh, student athletes here um, and see the things that they're doing, not only on the field, but off the field. I mean, and, and, and how... You know, this school has kind of evolved over time to one of the top, you know, law schools, you know, in the state, one of the, the top uh, uh, medical schools in the state. I mean, it's, it's just exciting. And it makes it, like you said, it's, it makes it a lot easier to go out and uh, and do these things to, uh, to try to, you know, bring the best experience to your student athletes as you possibly can. We're with Ken Dorsey. We're in a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Stand by. Because I'm the cold. on Super Talk Mississippi is powered by News Mississippi. By News Mississippi. On air and online at newsms.fm. Newsms.fm. News Mississippi. News Mississippi. Covering the stories that matter to you. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. We are with Ken Dorsey, two-time Heisman Trophy finalist, 
right, let's talk about student athletes. Do you feel like it's changed? You're not far removed from college. You're really not. And you're not mm-hmm. far removed from the pros. So in, in this short time, uh, do you feel like the athlete has changed and the student athlete in general? Are you seeing anything different from your time? You know, I think, uh, you know, obviously just the, the size differential. You know, they're bigger, stronger, faster. Um, you know, I think the, uh, uh, you know, complexity of training and uh, um, and everything like that that they, you know, they do off the field, kind of all the behind-scenes stuff of, of how hard they work kind of leading up. I mean, we worked hard, but, you know, and we put a lot of time in, I think, but the, the complexity of, you know, just the education that these guys have now who are training the athletes and, and things like that has, has increased, uh, you know, so there's a lot of different innovative ways you know, to train and, and, and to improve. And then just the, you know, the, the academic stuff of, you know, the, the different potential of, of tapping into this and networking, you know, and, and just trying to, to help the, the, the students out in terms of, you know, their future past college. Because so few of them can, you know, uh, uh, or so few of them are going to have an opportunity to play on a professional standpoint, you know, when you just look at the, the sheer numbers and percentage-wise. So, you know, just that, that evolution of, of the more you can do to kind of help them out post, uh, uh, post-college to make sure they're doing, you know, doing well and, and uh, uh, you know, and really kind of progressing through life, you know, the way that you, you would hope after leaving here. So I think that that's evolved a lot and uh, changed for the better and, and really has been a, a, a great surprise for me. So FIU, so Florida National University, mm-hmm. was it Butch that came in, I mean, like, it's becoming, you know, well known around the country as a, as becoming a football school. The state of Florida, obviously, you've dealt with that from competing to Florida State and Florida, the usuals mm-hmm. in Miami. But now you've got South Florida. What what do you attribute the state of Florida having so many, you know, teams that now can compete? And where do you guys see? Where do you see yourselves in the reality with the BCS and all that? I mean, what are your obstacles? Well, I think, you know, one thing for sure is, one, you know, obviously the talent in the state of Florida kind of attracts coaches because, the, you know, you know you've got talented people throughout throughout the state that you kind of uh, uh, try to get to come to school. Uh, and then secondly, it, it, you know, being in the state of Florida, it helps to go out, you know, and, and recruit outside the state and be, you know, hey, can, you know, check out what we can offer here in, you know, the city of Miami and, and what the you know what the the lifestyle can be like for you as a as a student athlete and all the different things that um, you know you can enjoy here you know so I think I think there's a lot of benefits to being in the the you know obviously South Florida the state of Florida in general you know the uh, from you know just the experience from the weather to you know the beaches and you know to the you know to the quality of football too um, that that I think has has really been enhanced with you know, the type of coaches that are that are down here now, and especially here with Coach Davis. I think he brings a tremendous amount of credibility to this program, um, you know, that that, uh, uh, that really kind of puts us on the map. Um, you know, in terms of just moving forward, I, I don't think Coach Davis takes a job, you know, here without the expectation of being able to compete at the highest level. Oh, there's no way. Um, you're right. You know, uh, you know, obviously I think he knew, you know, maybe year one you're not going to step in and be able to, you know, compete for a, a national championship or anything like that. But I don't think he takes the job without the, the vision at the end of the line of what he wants to accomplish, you know. And that's the exciting part about, you know, about him, about the school. And then, you know, his standards of, you know, what he expects, uh, 
you know, from uh, uh, from the coaches, from the players, uh, from the facilities. Um, you know, and I think FIU is doing a tremendous job of, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, working with him to, to get it where he, uh, where he wants it and to where, you know, that it can be and, and really kind of maximize what we can offer. I think you've just convinced me to donate money without asking. So I think you've got the gift. <laughs> also, well, uh, thank you. yeah, yeah, what a great – I love it. You know, uh, your next chapter, this is your next chapter of your life. It's your family's next chapter. It's where your kids are going to grow up. Uh, this next, you know, you know, we've moved and changed and all that, and you never know what, what's in front of you. But this is what's there for you now, and I, it really feels like you're at peace, and you deserve it more than anybody and and your your incredible bride jordan so i'm excited for you guys i can't thank you enough for taking the time i miss you brother and uh and good luck this year and i I may knock on the door and come hang with game or something well please do anytime anytime you want to come down you just let me know i like to be on the sidelines you know you do know i'm spoiled i like to be on the sidelines no no doubt hey i've got i've got a sideline pass right here ready (laughs) ready for you practice game whatever you want we're ready (laughs) we've been with legendary quarterback uh, now, uh, different chapter in his life. Ken Dorsey, I appreciate you spending all 60 Mississippi minutes with me. I'm Steve Azar. Thanks a lot. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.